Next on BYU Sports Nation, how BYU football forever changed college football by winning the 1984 National Championship. The man who caught the game-winning touchdown in the 1984 Holiday Bowl, Kelly Smith, joins BYU Sports Nation. Plus, national props for the Polynesian footballers, and BYU has the target applied by Texas at the Big 12 Media Days. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Oh yeah, BYU Sports Nation is on your radio, TV, and other media machinery. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, Wednesday, July 23rd. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who was, no kidding, in San Diego in 1984, the night of the Holiday Bowl, and not at the game, Jerem Jordan. I was 14 months old. My parents went to the game. They left me at home. I would have done the same thing with my baby now. I'd be like, someone else, take care of Venna, whatever. But if they had taken me to the game, you said you I could be there. Yeah, I was at the National I, I, was, I was at the game. Hey, 30 years ago, BYU... Shocks the college football world and Wait, what wins happened? the national championship. Are you serious? Some people. That's amazing. You know what? A lot of college football fans do not realize that BYU has won a national title. Because it doesn't matter to them. But 30 years ago, they shocked the world and did it. Every Wednesday from here on out, until we decide not to do it, we will feature a player from that magical 1984 season, starting with Kelly Smith today, the guy who Holler. caught the winning touchdown pass to win the Holiday Bowl and cinch up that 84 national title. He had two touchdowns in that game. BYU scored three. He had two of them. One rushing, one catching. There you go. Kelly he, Smith. He was sort of a receiver back, like you talked about the other day. He switched between receiver and running back and whatnot. He was sort Curtis of, Brown. Reno Mahe. Reno Mahe. More like Reno Mahe, where he was once a receiver and then actually became a running back or whatever. He had person. as many receptions in the national championship, I believe, as he did rushing yards. <laughs> isn't, isn't that right? Something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN and sound off on today's Twitter topic. Which is, where did it go again? Let's, let's find it here. In the current landscape of college football, what is the realistic pinnacle for BYU? Mm. Use hashtag BYUSN for a chance to get your tweets on the air. Not the pinnacle. The realistic pinnacle. Yeah. Like, is it realistic for BYU to go undefeated and then as an undefeated to get into the college football Some playoff? people think it is. We'll discuss. Some people think it is. A first tweet coming in. At Kid Quasar. This is great. Honestly, a game on ESPN in which all coach and player names are pronounced correctly. <laughs> that, would be, that would be quite the game, wouldn't it? Has that ever happened? Ever? Walter Kahali'i. And Manu Maliuna. Manu Maliuna. <laughs> that's what that's Cody a Hoffman. Well cogitated tweet from at Kid Quasar. Jameer Fredette. BYU Sports Nation is simulcast in beautiful radio oh, vision. Fly. There's another fly. On BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Is it the same one? Did he spawn? No, 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 no. That was killed earlier. It's over oh, here now. Look, man. Rise and shout, my friends. Forget the fly. It's time for what's trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. 30 years later... The fly is trending now. It's taken over whatever we planned. 30 years later, <laughs> hope springs eternal. Bosco looking. Scramble. Throws it. Touchdown! Robbie eluded the rush and hit Kelly Smith, and Kelly had a tough one to catch. 
Robbie Bosco to Kelly Smith, that to win the 1984 Holiday Bowl and clinch the national title. Can you imagine the relief that you would feel if you were a BYU fan watching that game or at the game? Yeah, that my parents felt at the game. Oh. Just so excited. So much momentum with that. BYU seals the deal. They're down 17-10 in the fourth Your quarter. Your quarterback is injured for a quarter and a half? Imagine Taysom Hill, BYU undefeated, Taysom Hill... Finishes like third in the Heisman in New York and all that. Uh, and then he gets hurt in some huge bowl game BYU's playing in. And then Christian Stewart has to quarterback for a quarter and a half. Like, that's what happened with our homeboy Blaine Fowler. But BYU wins the national championship despite being down 17 10. They were playing a Michigan team that, uh, you know, had, I think, four losses going into that game or whatever. BYU sealed the deal and won the national championship. Won the national championship. You can watch 30 that. years you since You can then. watch the entirety of that game right now on BYUTVSports.com. Yeah. It's it's fun. I mean, it's not the same broadcast quality nowadays. It's we've come a long ways. HD, <laughs> just HD, let alone camera angles and 30 graphics. Thirty years. And, hey, listen, wow. the nineteen eighty four national championship, while glorious and fantastic for so many reasons, in a unique way, it's agonizing. Well, I can hear it now, fans across the country. Spencer, you are delusional. How can a national championship? Be agonizing in any way. Explain yourself. Well, let's discuss, shall we? Why it's awesome and, in a way, agonizing. Awesome. One, you are one of 30 teams ever to win a national championship. You're in the fraternity of champs. In fact, that brings us to the stat of the day, young man, young blood. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Two, two non-Power 5 conference teams have won an AP national championship. Two. Brigham. And the United States Army. Do you know when Army won it? In the 40s. was the yeah. last one. Yeah. Okay, you're going so, way back so that, for that. That distinction, yeah, you're an elite company for sure. How many college football teams were there in the 40s? So you go to 1984. But, well, there might have been more because, like, mm-hmm. the BYU used to play teams like the Colorado uh, uh, School of Teachers. Colorado School of Mines. Colorado School of Mines. But yeah, there's all this. They're in the Rocky Mountain yeah. Athletic Conference now. Division yeah. two. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, they played those type of teams. There might have been 200. Okay. Know. Point taken. But still, in 1984, that's 40 years after, I believe, Army last won it. You're one of two non-Power 5 the last teams team. to ever win. You're the last, last team. Last team to do, win a Heisman and win a national championship that's not in a P5 now. Ty Detmer and in 1984. There you go. What they did... Merited national credibility in college football. It stunned the world. Like it, it took a perfect storm, a miracle. It created the tradition that BYU fans are so big on. Like you have a national championship, and it took a lot to get to that point. You had seasons of uh, ten, eleven wins for a string there. Seventy, what was it? Seventy-six uh, to eighty-five. BYU won the WAC championship every ten year. Consecutive, ten consecutive years. conference titles. Yeah, it, it took a lot. Like. Some 12, 12 and 1, 11 and 1, 11 and 2, 11 and 1, just to get to that point. Then there is the principle of hope springs eternal. Yes. Every year, BYU fans, myself included, think, okay, there's a chance, <laughs> albeit tiny, that if BYU goes undefeated, dot, 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 right? Because it happened. BYU is not Syracuse or Pitt or Houston or Hawaii or whoever. There are some P5s, Virginia, Cal. They don't think like BYU thinks before a season, which is, if we go undefeated, dot, dot, dot. That is fun. It's, we, that's the agonizing part, is that BYU winning the national championship in 84 maybe creates an unrealistic expectation at times. 
I myself am happy with 11 and 2 every single year. Every single year. We went undefeated. Wins. We did it once. We can do it again. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a great thing that BYU won the national championship. The only agonizing thing is every year you think, what if, what if? That's the fun part, though. That's what I enjoy a lot in the preseason is, okay, if we win this game, win this game. What BYU did in 1984 ostracized non-Power 5 teams in the national championship conversation. So a great thing that you won, but bad in that uh, college football changed because of what BYU did. Twice! Let's have a history lesson, shall we? In 84, after that miraculous season, going undefeated, having all the right teams lose above you at the right time. I mean, it was, it was a miracle. But they did it within a model that allowed it to happen. So because of that, in 1992, the Bowl Coalition forms and literally makes it impossible for a team like BYU to get back to the national championship game. They're not going to include teams like BYU out of the Western Athletic Conference. There weren't, there weren't uh, no power, majors. There weren't power fives at the time, but the power schools and conferences right, got together and said, we can't have that happen again. That morphed into the Bowl Alliance in 1996. Well, if you remember BYU fans, in 96, BYU has that remarkable 14-1 season. They get invited to a New Year's Day bowl game, the Cotton Bowl. They win but it. But it's not one of the major bowl games, But it right? is not in the Bowl Alliance. They're ranked fifth in the final poll. and Lave- going into that game, too. Lavelle Edwards fifth. testifies to Congress about how this is unfair because of their conference affiliation. And that brought about what in 1998? The BCS. The BCS. So BYU spurred the Bull Coalition because of their national title. And then in 96, because they were not included in the Bull Alliance, that brought about the BCS. And then who's the original BCS buster of sorts, or at least challenging that? Brigham in 2001. They're 12-0, and and they're told before the final regular season game, you're not going to get into the BCS. The regular oh. season hadn't, hadn't been over. So what BYU did, some of the greatest seasons in BYU history, changed college football. And it started with that 84 season. For better or for worse. Yes. And now, I think the college football playoff is just a natural progression where, man, March Madness is so cool and there's so much money involved in that. Like, how can college football benefit from that? So the four-team playoff is now what we have today. Eventually, that will be eight. I guarantee it. You it know, will I- be eight at some point. Not in the next six seasons, because that's the contract. It'll be maybe six with two buys, eight teams. It will happen. The college football playoff, that formulating, there there needs to be some credit given to teams like Boise State and Utah, certainly, for going undefeated twice. They actually did it. And Hawaii. BYU did not. Boise State, TCU, Utah. got into the BCS that were not in Power 5 conferences, okay? And, And I credit the teams that actually won those games. Like Hawaii, trash, man. They played two FCS teams that year, uh, and they got blown out by Georgia, like, Good for you. But they had a Heisman Trophy quarterback, like Heisman Trophy contender. Yeah. Texas Tech. Ha- Colt yeah, whatever. Boise State, TCU, Utah actually won BCS games. Yeah. Sugar which Bowl, were the biggest games Rose of those Bowl, seasons. Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Hey, they, they won those games. So 16 years later, after more controversy and teams like TCU, Utah, and Boise State going undefeated, the first ever college football playoff is implemented. And now it would take even more of a miracle for a team like BYU to win the national championship. I have come up with five criteria. Or any non-P5 for that Any matter. non-P5. C- Central Florida this year. Okay. Probably the best non-P5. Five criteria. One, you obviously have to go undefeated. You have to finish in the top four. The committee has to vote you in to the playoff if you finish in the top four. 
Then you have to win a national semifinal against another top four team. Oh, and by the way, a week later, you have to go and play the winner of the other national semifinal. Congratulations, you're the national champions. It's that easy. If, if a non-P5 even gets, even gets to the playoff soon, that's pretty good, let alone wins those two games. It's hard enough to win one game. Like if Utah beat Alabama in 08, right, and then they had to play one more game, that would have been fun to watch, to see what Utah really had in that. Boise State, TCU, those teams I think could have hung there. But can you do it in two games? Bronco Mendenhall gets it. He said BYU would have to go undefeated twice to be in that national championship conversation. Yeah, back to back years. I, I don't even know. I don't even know if you have to go undefeated. You probably need a, a one loss year, and then you have to be undefeated. Something like that to be in contention. You have to have street cred. Boise State had it. So, with all of this discussion about the current landscape and model of college football, what is the realistic pinnacle for BYU? Let's go to Twitter. At Bridger Hill, an undefeated season followed by a rematch versus an AAC team in the Miami Beach Bowl. A Big 12 invite after a big Texas win. That is ambitious. So the, we're, we're taking the Big 12 out of like, no, no major conference invitations. Just what, what's the pinnacle for BYU football in its current state as an independent right now in college football? Yeah. What, what is the realistic pinnacle? It's getting to the college football playoff. To me, going undefeated, BYU plays a, a schedule that I think is strong enough. It depends what else happens, too. Like, are there other undefeated teams? If there's no undefeated teams and you're undefeated, you've got a shot. However, look at Marshall this year. Rasheem Cato, Heisman hype with them. Out of the, what are they in the Conference USA? Mac? Yeah. I, don't, I don't even, not they're, Mac, they're, they're Conference USA. They're there. CUSA. What will that happen with them if they're the only undefeated? Should they be in the top four? I don't really think so. That's a non-P5 perspective about another non-P5. What's the country? Granted, BYU doesn't play those types of, uh, that type of schedule. The fly is in my face. It I, will be a miracle. I can't handle it. It will be a miracle if a non-P5 makes the college football playoff sometime in the next five years. I think that's I think so. I think very one ambitious. Or two, one or two, maybe three teams will. Ever? No, in like, the next couple of years. You, in the next couple of years, you yeah. think you're, that, you're someone, that ambitious. Someone will go undefeated and get a shot. Top four someone, and be voted someone in. Someone will do it. Okay. But you made a good point this morning with us. The best of those teams have already been picked up. They're U- in conferences now. In conferences. They're in conferences. The pool is smaller and smaller. You know, and that's a discussion for another day. Who has the most realistic shot? Up next on BYU Sports Nation, he caught the game winner to solidify the 1984 National Championship. Kelly Smith joins us as we celebrate the 30th anniversary of BYU's national championship. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Herbert back to pass. The pressure's on. They shot him. All the way back to BYU territory. Kurt Kamea. quarterback. He's back to throw, looking for a TD. Here's the pass. Pack at the one, maybe the two-yard line. Mills made a diving one-handed catch. Herbert back to throw. Throws it over the middle. Intercepted! Five Allen intercepted it. 30 years ago, BYU national champion. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. Follow our show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Download the BYU radio app today for your uh, if you want to listen to the show. 
uh, SiriusXM143, BYURadio.org, or you can use the app, BYU Radio on uh, iPhone and iPad. In the current landscape of college football, what is the realistic pinnacle for BYU? That means in independence as things stand right now, not what could become if they got an invite to a Power 5 conference. What is it right now for 2014? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Justin DeSweeney says, in years like this year with lots of at-large spots open on a New Year's Bowl, a New Year's Bowl, rather, is realistic. Eventual run at college football playoff in 2015? Well, they have the schedule in 2015 to do that, but... <laughs> I think it's too hard. Is that realistic? Yeah, yeah. I, like, realistically, <laughs> you can lose a couple games there and still be a, you know, a top 15 team at the end or something. But, yeah, for BYU to go to the college football playoff, the pinnacle to me is you've got to go undefeated. And this year, it's a little easier than next year. Then or, again, or a how lot ma- easier. How many people thought coming out of 1983 that in 84, BYU would win a national championship? Yeah, you can always... Yeah, you, you, you're always going off of what you've see in front of you, right? And then all of a sudden you can turn something into magical. After the 95 season, no one had BYU going 14-1 and in 96. Yeah. I mean, this fly is awesome. <laughs> in my face. I showered and put deodorant on. Like, why is this fly coming at me? Come on. Oh. With that said, we welcome in our first guest, <laughs> Kelly Smith, the guy who caught the game-winning touchdown pass against Michigan in the 1984 Holiday Bowl from Robbie Bosco. He joins us. Kelly, 30 years later, can you believe that it has been 30 years since you hoisted that national championship trophy? I cannot. The time has just flown by. It seems like we could have been doing it yesterday, but, you know, things, it goes fast. 30 years went fast. Do you have a celebration planned with your teammates this year at all since it has been 30? I know you guys have done different things throughout the years, but anything planned for this year? Well, I've actually heard that there is something planned. Uh, When we were up there at the spring ball, I hadn't heard much, and then uh, talked to Marv Allen the other day, and supposedly there's something planned. Uh, They're trying to get as many people back on September 11th, I think, when they play Houston, and then on Friday have like a get-together reunion with Lavelle and and, uh, President Hall in there and a few people like that. So it should be fun. Kelly Smith with us on BYU Sports Nation, running back for the 84 National Championship team. Do you wear your national championship ring, Kelly? You know, I do not. I I have it at my house and in a drawer. And every once in a while, if I have to go speak for something, I usually take it with me. Uh, I don't. I've only worn it a couple times. Back in the when we first won it, and we were speaking all over the time, all over the place. And and I used to wear it on my ring finger. And I had a person ask me a question. Well, how come you don't wear your wedding ring? And I said, Well, anybody can get married. It's pretty tough to win a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> And they, then they kind of got mad at me. But my wife understands. I don't wear any rings or jewelry. So, but no, I I take it with me from time to time when kids want to see it. That's the ultimate authoritative symbol. If anybody ever questions you on anything football related, you'd be like, really, really? Yeah. For, for street credits, either that or a neck tattoo. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's Can right. I, I mean. Go ahead. Oh, I, uh, my parents went to the game, Kelly, but they left me a uh, 14-month-old at my uncle's house in San Diego. I'm going to see my mom today. She's coming into town. Was that a mistake on their part, or did they m- make the right move by leaving a baby at home? <laughs> well, you know, I can't believe that. I can't believe they'd leave their 14 months home when there's, you know, a chance to win a national championship. Should have been there. I'm going to tell my mom today that you said that. Mom, right. the guy that scored the game-winning touchdown told me you made a mistake. <laughs> Thank you. Right. I appreciate that, Emma. Kelly Smith with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're celebrating the 30th year anniversary of that national championship. What impact did winning the national title have on BYU football uh, over the last 30 years, Kelly? 
you know, it's it's made a big impact. It actually changed, I think, the Bowl Series the way it is now. Yep, I mean, BYU was definitely the last team to win a national championship that wasn't in one of those big conferences, and they kind of wanted to change it so they probably couldn't win another one. But it changed it, and it and it made a lot of conversation, and it's made a lot of changes over the years. I, I think, you know, the, the playoff system will eventually get to eight teams, and, and it's probably good. Like you were saying earlier, for BYU to even have a chance, they're going to have to go undefeated, which is probably fine, and they should be able to do that with some of their scheduling. It makes it a little more difficult now being independent, but you know, BYU still has the name out there. They still recognize, they still know they have a good program, and, and, and they're getting you know, players that are capable of going undefeated and having a chance to play in that bowl series. So you think it's a little harder for BYU to have a chance to get into the college football playoff as an independent versus, say, staying in the Mountain West Conference? No, I, I think they're better as an independent, but they have to have a tougher schedule. They got to play some uh, some more teams outside of the conference because that's the only time that people are going to look and say, "Well, they did beat a Texas, or they beat a Texas A&M, or they beat a Notre Dame or a USC." Because just beating the teams in the Mountain Conference is not going to do it anymore. I mean, they're looking at you know those. I think those five big conferences are trying to keep everybody else out, basically. Kelly Smith, running back on the 1984 National Championship BYU team, joins BYU Sports Nation. I want to know what the huddle was like on that game-winning drive right before the play uh, where you caught the game-winning touchdown pass. Walk us through what was happening on the field and in the huddle. Okay, you know, back then, I mean, when we're playing the game, I mean, we're just kind of in the moment. You don't really think about, hey, this is the game-winning drive or this or that. We always felt we had a chance to score every time we had the ball. And obviously you remember that. Robbie got hurt, and then he came back, and and we'd been moving the ball uh, quite regularly and moving it pretty good. And we actually had changed. We have what we call the 69 halfback option play, and we were running it a lot. And we changed it a little bit because they were blitzing every single time. Instead of having me block, they, I just dumped out in the flat, and Robbie just kept dumping it to me. And I had several catches in that game, and and so at the last drive, we said, okay, we're going to call this play, but we're Kelly, you're probably going to get double teamed, so we're going to look for Dave uh, Mills coming across behind because after I'd caught so many balls, they started double teaming me. So as we called the play, we thought it was probably going to go to to Dave, but he actually got held, and we had an automatic scramble play on. If Robbie scrambled, if you're on the outside, you break this way or you come across or whatever. So the play actually happened to be a broken play, and I was out in the flat trying to be double teamed and then as he scrambled I just broke down the sideline and he actually found me in the corner and caught the pass and you know history was made and they show the highlight all the time and people always say oh that was you you know and I keep thinking I'm going to drop it one of these times but I keep <laughs> hanging on so that's good did you uh did you see the flag on the play initially and uh did what not, went through your mind? did not see the flag and you know and as soon as we were all going back after we thought we'd you know had a touchdown then we saw the flag and then all of a sudden, we saw Robbie clapping his hands, knowing that the refs said it was actually defensive holding instead of offensive holding. Because you never know that whole game, uh, Bo Schambecker was complaining that we were holding them the whole time and this and that. Wham, so you, you never knew what would have happened. And, and, yeah, he did complain a lot. Did you realize in that moment, with a minute 23 left, it's over, we did it? Or were you still on pins and needles? No, no. I mean, you never know until it's over. We, we knew that that was, you know – 
a big thing. We knew that by not having to kick the field goal and getting a touchdown, that you know they were probably not going to be able to go all the way down and score against our defense because they'd been playing fairly well that game. And so, you know, we were hopeful, but that wasn't the big part. We just knew that if we went undefeated, it was still out of our hands. We still knew we had no control. Most national championship teams know right after they win the game if they're going to get it, and we had to wait clear till the. Till the rest of the bowls were over in January, and our game was like around Christmas time, so that was the hardest part. So you didn't celebrate the fact that you won the national championship per se initially. You kind of hoped no, you would. No, no, we we just had to hope for help and and the voters and who knows. And even I think though you it were was, number one, even though we were number one, and even though we're undefeated, there was so much talk about if. You know, Oklahoma won the Orange Bowl or whoever they were playing at Washington did this or that, that they could bump ahead of us just because sure. of our our schedule. And so we really didn't know until after it was all over. And so we kind of had another celebration, which kind of wasn't as fun as if it would have been that night and they handed you the trophy and they, they do all that. So we just we kept getting interviews and radio stations and TV stations and everything. What do you think? What do you think? And we're like, hey, we're just, we're just waiting. So that was kind of the hardest thing about that year was waiting until later in the year. Celebrating the national championship for BYU 30 years later, we're talking to Kelly Smith. Let's be honest, a lot of the media attention from the national level was was not great because BYU was still kind of the unknown. They were they were the guy that was outside of those power conferences. What was it like hearing guys like Bryant Gumbel say you played Bo Diddley Tech? And, and how, how did that make you feel? You know, I actually believe that he was probably the best thing that happened for BYU in winning the national championship. He got more recognition and more people to watch our game because he said those comments. And because he made it so negative, all the other people in the country says, well, let's watch this team. Let's see how really good or bad they are because of what he said. And I think it actually helped us. So, you know, you had to, we turned the negative into a positive, but it was probably the best thing he could have done for us is to make that negative comment. The real question is, what did Bo Diddley ever do to Bryant Gumbel, Kelly? <laughs> exactly. What did he ever do to him? He's like a you know, jazz <laughs> musician or something, right? Maybe, maybe but you, you, can almost, you, you can almost see his point. It, you know, it's, yeah. it's almost like, you know, think about it. I mean, here, you know, BYU, and, and the biggest problem about that year, too, is we are playing a Michigan team, even though they'd won like six of their last, seven games, even though they had like an eight and five record, but they did beat the team who went in and won the Rose Bowl, and they did beat another team who went and won another bowl and all those things. So they're saying, well, they didn't even get to play a powerhouse, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't our decision who we got to play. We would have went and played anybody. The best thing that happened was is Washington, who complained that they should have been national champs. We played them in like the first home game the next year and beat them like 31 to three, and that kind of really helped us. And people don't realize from the year before, we lost the first game at Baylor. Then we went 11 straight wins. Yeah. And so when we'd won the 13 games, we actually were on a 24-game win streak and then even won our 25th by beating Boston, Boston College, College in the kickoff classic. So we had won 25 straight games. Not too many college teams can say that. And we'd beaten some really good teams in there that weren't Bo Diddley Tech-type schools. So, I mean, <laughs> and you look back at it and you, you look at it that way, I mean, we're really proud of what we accomplished and the games we won. And, hey, we we couldn't help the schedule we had. And we would have played anybody anywhere, anytime. And, and there was probably more players drafted off that team from both sides of the ball and played in the NFL. So, you know, they couldn't complain too bad after they saw the work over maybe a three-year span. 24 consecutive wins. And that goes along with what we've been saying. It takes a very, very special run 
to be at the elite of college football. Can you talk about how unique it was that BYU, even with 24 straight wins, how you needed outside help to make this kind of miracle of a national championship happen? It, it was. You always need help from other places, and you need people to say things, or you need to have other teams lose, and there was those type of things. And, and you know, and, and I know that playing in those few years, that the groundwork was set years earlier for BYU by when they started going to bowl games and started having, you know, all the success in the passing game and getting the recognition from some of those prior players. And, you know, even though Steve Young and, you know, wasn't on the national championship team, so many people think he was. They don't realize that, you know, he went out uh, the year earlier in 83. But all those type of teams and games and, and put more recognition. And so BYU finally got to be in the big show and and ESPN back then was not really a big name and 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 the Holiday Bowl was one of their biggest bowls and so we kind of felt like ESPN kind of got its start back in there and it kind of helped us and pushed us into the limelight that way. You are certainly in the center of college football history at different points and uh, things that you just mentioned Kelly. We've been talking about one of the things associated with BYU winning a national championship is the fact that because BYU's done it once every year BYU fans myself included think Hey, what if, right? What if? Has that been a, a kind of an impact that you've seen 30 years later is there's sort of this expectation to be great at BYU because they won a national championship? Absolutely. And that, you know, that's how it is in any sport in any way. If you do it once, why not do it again? <laughs> exactly. If a high school team wins a state championship once, why not again? And so the expectations are high. But with the, on the other hand, that's a great thing for the school because it's easier to get recruits saying, look, we did this once. We have a chance to do it again. We have a great facility. I mean, the fans are awesome. I mean, go to a BYU game. You know, you know they're going nuts. And, and, and it's, it's awesome to see the students there and the fans and people because, I mean, Provo's not a really big town, but they pack that stadium every year. And so it's a fun college atmosphere. And, you know, and I think it would be great if they had a chance to do it again or to at least make it into the bowl series to see. But, again, they're going to have to go undefeated. They're not going to be able to lose one game because they won't put them in there. They're always going to put an SEC team in there, even with one loss. Let's ask you our Twitter question today, and that is, what is the realistic pinnacle for BYU football in independence in the current landscape of college football? Well, I mean, how many wins do I think they're going to have to get, or is it going to be? What's, I mean, what's the pinnacle? Like, where where could BYU end up at its peak? Well, you know, I think they could go undefeated. I honestly do. I think, but they're going to they're going to have to schedule three to four teams that are in the top ten or fifteen schools in the country and win all those games to have that chance. If they're playing. Uh, one double A teams and they're playing lower conference teams. I mean, they're going to win eight games every year just by setting their schedule up if they want because of the makeup of the program. But the problem is they're going to have to go 11 and 1, 12 and 1, 13 and 0 to have that chance. And and realistically, BYU should win 10 games every year. I mean, the way it's set up, the the coaching staff, the players, the people they should get, and that's a great expectation. If they, if they can get a 10 win season and win a bowl game, I mean, for the way it's set up right now, that's probably pretty good for BYU. Absolutely. And Let's finish with this. Uh, do you have the game win the uh, football from the Holiday Bowl in '84? I I do not have the actual game ball. I, I think Robbie ended up with a game of ball. Of course. Uh, I mean, and I'm, I still get mad at Robbie because I mean I think <laughs> I probably would have been the MVP if he wouldn't have come back in out of the locker room. Think of those three injuries, so that his shoulder, his what knee, a drama his ankle. Queen. 
I know. He faked it all, you know, and then he comes back <laughs> in and he goes, well, I guess I'll win the ball instead of you. I, I do have my helmet that I wore, and I still have my game jersey, and it's interesting because all the jerseys only said the last names, and mine actually has K Smith on it. And people asked me that before. I said, how come your name actually had a letter on it? And we practiced at San Diego State when we were down there, and we actually had four lockers broke into, and they stole four of the jerseys when we were down in San Diego practicing for the Holiday Bowl. So as they came to us, there was another Smith, Ken Smith, on the team, and another Smith. He said, well, why don't we just put K. Smith on yours? I said, hey, that's great. So at the game, I'm the only <laughs> jersey that had a letter on it, which so must have meant nice. something. They had, to, they had to throw it to the one that had the K. Smith on it. So awesome. I've been asked that question several times. I'm like, because my jersey got stolen. It'd be interesting to know who actually <laughs> had my real jersey. Hey, Robbie, Robbie gets the game ball, and you get the K. Smith jersey. That's right. I get the K. Smith jersey. But I do have my helmet still, and I, I, I like that because the actual helmet I wore in the game I still have. Kelly, it's been great to talk to you. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that Blaine Fowler at some point will ask you how he had the same amount of rushing yards as you did in that game. And so uh, Blaine, Blaine has – he's prone to – You know, to Blaine and I are like really that. good friends, and, and we, we talk quite a bit, and, and, and Blaine's awesome. And he probably did have more yards, but if, you'll have to, <laughs> if you want to tease him and say that's because he couldn't see over the line to pass it, so he had to take off and run. <laughs> you, can, you can tease him and tell him that. So, hey, he had to get those yards somehow because he was running for his life. You both had seven. I'm just teasing. What's that? You both had seven yards, so congratulations. But I did have a rushing touchdown. That, he did right. not. Yeah. That you did. <laughs> Booyah. But, yeah. That's right. But I did have ten catches, I think. I don't know how many yards it was in catches, oh, yeah. but I did have ten catches. Ten catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown, and a national championship. That's Kelly, right. Kelly, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Fun to chat. Hey, it's it's fun. So are you going to do this every week and have a different player every week? Every, every Wednesday. Wednesday. For a while, yeah. Next. Every Wednesday until the – uh, Till who knows reunion or through <laughs> the year? Or what? Who's on next Wednesday again? Remind I I can't remember. David who Mills. Is. David Mills is on next week. Yeah. Oh, we, David and Mills. Then, and then Marv Allen the week after that. Oh, great. Well, make sure when you get Dave on there to to ask him why his name nickname was Sluggo. Sluggo. The route. Uh huh. That's okay. because he was so slow. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have a different take on that. But we, I'm we'll, sure he will. We'll ask him that. Kelly, thanks for the time. Hey, you're welcome. Up next, Texas applies the target to BYU football during Big 12 media days. And a former Cougar on the watch list for the Kansas City Chiefs. You like how I used watch list yeah, right yeah. there, Jerry? Watch list. Can't your wait fav- for another one. Your favorite time of year. Hey, how about how about the show from San Diego State? Their initial thing was in 84, stealing the jerseys from BYU when they were number one. That's crazy. <laughs> This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. He's warming up the potato gun. Taysom Hill, thank you very much. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We are broadcasting in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Hey, if you missed our uh, Kelly Smith interview. Then shame on you. In the last no, that, segment. That's not what we meant. Scored two touchdowns in the uh, national. We call it the national championship game as BYU fans. It was just the Holiday Bowl uh, in 1984. Check it out. Really fun stories. How his uh, jersey got stolen. Why he wore his national championship ring on his ring finger. How of Brian Gumbel's comments about BYU playing Bo Diddley Tech actually helped BYU. That was, that was the best thing he said. And he's, he's not the first person either to say this. That's funny how Robbie Bosco faked his injury in the 1984 <laughs> national championship. He wanted, He so just funny. wanted the game ball. He wanted to come yeah. back in, oh. you know, a la Willis Reed of the 1970 New yeah. York Knicks. 
Blame, or like Paul Pierce being wheelchaired off out of the finals <laughs> and then coming back like two minutes later. It's like, what happened, what man? What the heck, man? It's a miracle. That was a soccer injury in the NBA finals. Yeah. You're, you're taking off on was the Was there stretcher. a flagrant two called? No? All right, oh, I'm back. Oh, my goodness. Resetting some of today's trending topics, we are talking about BYU's national championship impact in 1984. How it's wonderful and it creates all this glory and tradition and it's amazing. But it ostracized non-Power 5 teams for a very long time because the moneymakers did not want teams like BYU to get back in. What a great problem. You're so good and you win a national championship that you changed the game. And it's changed for non-Power 5 They did it since. twice. They were a huge part of the Bull Coalition, which was formed in 1992. It was because of BYU. Because of BYU. And then in 96, when it became the Bull Alliance, and they go to the Cotton Bowl and finish ranked number five in the polls... People Lavelle Edwards testifies before, was it Congress? Yes. That brings about the BCS in the 1998. BCS yep. There has to be a way for these other teams to get in. And in 2014, BYU will go undefeated and make it so independents can get into the college football playoff. Army it, and Navy are like, we want in too. Wa- watch it turn into an eight-team playoff. <laughs> when <laughs> when the, the, whatever, if it's BYU or another non-power, uh, non-power five team is just left out and the, creates this huge controversy, we've got to make it more teams. It's going to happen. Let's debate another day who the best non-power five is in college football. Who's the first pow- non-power five team to make the college football playoff? Well, I can't project the next couple of years, but like this year, who would be the best? Hmm. You know, Who are the top five teams to... Bust the playoff or whatever we say. We're changing college football. Hey, did you hear about Texas at the media day? At Big yeah, 12 media days? I did. Defensive lineman Cedric Reed talked about uh, BYU as mentioned in the offseason as motivation. Uh, he said, that's all we heard about BYU with offseason conditioning. Clip after clip <laughs> after clip of Taysom Hill just destroying that defense. Dude from Pocatello in a knee brace. He's got a <laughs> knee brace on, and he's running past everybody in white jerseys. That's just like a smack to the pride of Texas high school football, right? Like, yeah. we have this. And the dude from Pocatello in a knee brace. <laughs> 68 yards. Oh, my gosh. Polynesian oh. College Football Player of the Year watch list. This is brand this, new. This is a brand new thing. I actually like this one because it's unique and different, right? So there's the selection committee. has a bunch of – Neil Everett's actually on it. The Sports Center. Right now. Hawaii guy. Sports Center. Right now. He was the SID at uh, Sports Information Director at Hawaii and then became an anchor. Random. Uh, Lavelle Edwards is on that selection committee. Okay, so there are four dudes on that list of about 20. Uh, Lonnie Fua, Edward Fusi. Solomone Kafu and Bronson Kafusi. That was excellent pronunciation, Jerem. Solomone Kafu. I've worked all offseason on that. Just that. That's it. <laughs> that goes back to our initial tweet of the show. Realistic expectation for the pinnacle of BYU football or whatever it was. To win the Polynesian College Football Player of the Year. That's what realistic <laughs> expectation is. No, to have every name oh, and coach's yeah, name. at Kid Quasar. Pronounced yep. correctly on an ESPN broadcast. Good luck. That's hard enough for us. ESPN, oh, by the way, named Kansas City Chiefs rookie Daniel Sorensen as a younger player to watch on its NFL Nation Tuesday. NFL training camps underway across the country right now. Yeah, I saw a picture of Kyle Van Noy with the Alliance doing some uh, conditioning tests. So it's do, you think Kyle's gonna, do you think Kyle's going to make the team? <laughs> do, they, do they post a list of like who's on it, like in Rudy? It's the NFL. Oh, yeah, I made it. Oh, yeah, I have a contract. I forgot. Yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah, but that, good for Daniel Sorensen to have his name mentioned. Uh, the more he can have his name mentioned, the better chance Team he has to make the, the sound, roster. He's got a good shot to make the 53, it sounds like. You know what Daniel's going to be doing on August 29th? Watching Connecticut. Countdown to Connecticut. 
30 sevens. I no, wanted to do it no, differently. No. 30, what'd you do? 30, 37. 37 days. No, Come no on. syncopation. Spice it up, dude. You gotta keep it simple. GNL, go next level. Let's go. No, not 37 days. Yeah. 37. Which one was four. better? Hashtag BYUSN. Which countdown was better? Minor Spencer's. <laughs> Lame! Hey, we're discussing no, uh, awesome. some GPAs up next. Yeah, some, some impressive GPAs at that from BYU student athletes. <laughs> Up rumor, next, rumor we also the stripes are coming in the building. We don the stripes and whistles once again. Oh no, Jerem's gonna have a whistle. Power to the referees next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B. Let's go, man. Already, already with yeah. the whistle. I would be a terrible ref. I'd be so power hungry. I'd be like technical on you and you <laughs> and your mom in the stands. Just like I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. The power would go to my head so quick. Is it ever a good thing for Jerem Jordan Red to have a whistle? Yeah. Especially in front of a microphone. <laughs> Our Twitter question today is, given the current landscape of college football, what is the realistic pinnacle for BYU? So right now, in its independence, do you think they have a legitimate shot at making the college football playoff and winning a national title? It's, mo- it's more like if they went undefeated, what would happen? What's the pinnacle for BYU to go undefeated? So then what happens? Would BYU actually be in the college football playoff? I think that's Mm. almost what we're getting at, right? It would take a very special season and a lot of luck around them. Like the right teams have to lose. No one else undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. At Laser Sheep, I expect a Miami Beach Bowl win after 10 wins. 11 plus with a loss to Texas equals different bowl. So if they got a – yeah. Is there a chance for them to, like, do the trampoline effect up to a a bigger bowl? What's the acceleration? Yeah, what's the accelerated uh, bowl game? I don't know. I I think BYU's got opportunities there. Something planned with Tom Holmahey, just in case. But BYU's really got to have one, maybe two losses. I'm just guessing. Laser Sheep's best tweet of the day actually answered our immediate Twitter poll question when we were deciding what was better, 37 or 37 days. He said, are you kidding me? Spencer Linton wins with 37. That's Thank cute. you, Laser Sheep. I pit of the fool, who we met the other day. My vote is Jerem Jordan. Sorry, Spencer Linton. Whatever. We- Touchdown. At I pit of the fool. I shun you. <laughs> <laughs> I shun you. No, I really don't. But that, that's the great thing about this show. We have immediate opinions available on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. We're wearing these referee jerseys. You ready to display the power, Jerem? Okay. After further review on BYU Sports Nation. Here's how it works if you're new to the program. We throw out a hot topic, whether it's in, I don't know, just society in general or BYU sports specifically. Yeah. And we make our best referee call on the given situation. Let's go number one. This is for you, Jerem. The most impressive BYU athlete on the West Coast Conference Commissioner's Honor Roll. Initially looking at this list, which was produced yesterday, one, it's fun to look at some of the GPAs of BYU athletes. Uh, Not a lot of football players on there, by the way. In fact, I couldn't find any. Uh, It's 3.0 and above. Well, it's the West Coast Conference. And they're not in the WCC. That's why. My bad. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's go go pass interference on me. Uh, 15-yard penalty. Actually, targeting. Ejection. You're gone. Yellow, okay. yellow card yeah, to Jerem. Yeah. No, no, no. Let's go, let's go red. Card. Let's go red. I'm out. I'm out. I got to go. Okay. Yeah. Not my finest moment. Most impressive BYU athlete on the WCC Commissioner's Honor Roll. Initially, I looked at this list, and I saw Jennifer Hampson. 3.48. 
in exercise science. To me, that's a touchdown. After further review, however, Hampson, dual sport athlete, I'm going to go with Luke Worthington. 3.51 in economics. Not Eric Mika at 3.7, which is really good and somewhat surprising with Eric. So why not Eric Mika? Because his major is open. He could have taken anything like me back in the day. Sports broadcasting. I took that three times. So after further review, after further review, Luke Worthington in economics, touchdown. As a freshman. 3.51. That that is impressive. Okay, this is for you. And remember, football is not in the WCC. Charlie Strong using last year's BYU loss as the motivating factor for the Texas offseason. Initial response to this is no penalty on the play. This is what coaches do, okay? It's not bad. But it's why not BYU? Great. Because more, of, the, more than because of the way that they lost. I feel like this is a no-duh thing. This is, this is the call that we look at, and the ball is clearly out before the player's knee hits the field. Okay, this is clear. Video evidence would show that there is no infraction on the play. So after further review, I say play on. and The play stands? The play stands. Yeah, there, there's no call right San there. San Diego State would, lo- would have loved that, right? Oh, snap! <laughs> Or wait, that it was changed. Yeah. A, a dig at San Diego State in 2010. That's two now. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling. Spencer to Jerem, Christian and Sam <laughs> Ponder. Yes, I did. Well, okay. that's one for each one. Christian and Sam Ponder. <laughs> you said that there were no football players I, on the West I Coast Conference. Well, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah yep, there's it. no football there. There's only two I teams win. Okay, Christian, <laughs> Christian and Sam Ponder naming their new baby girl Bowden. Okay, okay. After Bobby Bowden. Yeah, gum. Initially, I'm going first down on this, right? I'm the ch- getting the chains out, measuring. Yeah, first down. Because that is awesome to me. Christian Ponder, quarterback, Florida State, Min- uh, Minnesota Vikings, Sam Ponder, some more th- former uh, sideline reporter, Samantha Steele. By the way, great timing. She had the baby. She's going to be ready to go in college football season. After Bobby Bowden. <laughs> is that little kid going to say, dad gum? Dad gum? Uh, Charlie, he was a good quarterback, Florida State. I love it. So after further review... The play stands, first down. Okay. First down. Okay. Jerem to Spencer. Yes. LeBron James apologizes to his Akron neighbors using cupcakes. Touchdown, LeBron James. Okay. Which I wish actually happened. You don't have to do anything like that, but they're being considerate. However, I'm going to give it to LeBron James' wife Mm. because you know that it was the female that was like, oh, sweetie, we should do something. We've been causing such a distraction. I feel like we should do something nice for the neighbors. I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving LeBron enough credit. But you know the female well, played a huge the, part in that. The cupcakes part probably came from the female, but like the, hey, maybe we should do something. That, that could have come from Captain PR now, LeBron James. He should talk to Tiger, by the way. Then there's the Akron neighbor that's like, cupcakes? Can't you get us something better than cupcakes? How about jerseys <laughs> or season tickets? <laughs> yeah, give us something. <laughs> Be happy for what you have. Wait a minute. If they're in the same neighborhood as LeBron James, they're probably doing all right. After further review, <laughs> touchdown. LeBron James for being considered of your neighbors in Akron. And, of course, a red card to the University of Utah, picked fifth in the Pac-12 South. <laughs> I, have nothing, I have nothing else after that. Okay, maybe I do. Up next, the Cougar Whip Around. Plus more of your responses on Twitter. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back, my friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. 
we have taken off the referee jerseys, and the whistle has been taken away from Jerem. At B- Big D Dan 11. Sorry, Spencer, but no days in the countdown sounds lazy. Jerem wins. Why don't you read the two other to one? one. Two At to one. JMG Kugman. 37. Thanks, JMG Kugman. It's, it's two to two. It's two to two. And when he says Great. it this sounds is lazy, we're going to tie. When he says it's lazy, no, we added days after the fact. We didn't start it with days. It was a long time before we even added days. Listen, that was an addendum. Listen. So it's not lazy. Revelation, man. <laughs> It's Here. time for the Cougar Whip Around. You're going to pull the Revelation card? It's time oh. for the Cougar Whip Around. I, I had the Revelation. We're in the middle of the Cougar Whip Around. Texas defensive lineman Cedric Reed of Big 12 Media Days admitted the BYU loss was used repeatedly this offseason by the new coaching staff who said, or Reed said, that's all we heard about, BYU. Football. Polynesian College Football Player of the Year watch list. This is brand new. The selection committee includes Lavelle Edwards and Neil Everett, ESPN Sportscaster. BYU players include Alani Fua, Edward Fusi, Solomone Kafu, and Bronson Kafusi. Nailed it. Football. ESPN named Kansas City Chief rookie Daniel Sorensen as a younger player to watch on its NFL Nation blog Tuesday. NFL training camps are underway across the league. Sports. The West Coast Conference Commissioner's Honor. Sports. Was released Tuesday. <laughs> Highlights included Eric Mika's 3.7 in an open major. That's really good. Jen Hampson's 3.48 in exercise science, yeah. dual sport yeah. athlete. Tyler Haas, 3.0 in pre-management. And Luke Worthington, 3.51 in economics. Nicely done. Hey, coming up later this week, Tony Levine, head coach of the Houston Cougars. <laughs> BYU by 17 I just plus. got two more votes on Twitter, apparently, so 4-2. Whatever, dude. Awesome. Whatever. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And it goes to Matthew Pierce. Yeah. Son of Brad Pierce, the men's tennis coach. 4.0. 4.0. Tennis Very player nice. rocking a 4.0. Our awesome. Twitter question today in the current landscape of college football, what is the pinnacle, the realistic pinnacle for BYU? You've got tweets. At DKIM40, realistic pinnacle would be winning the national championship in the current landscape. That requires a perfect record, which is difficult but possible. Yeah. Maybe in 2015 with that schedule. Well, Maybe. If, if you got to the college football playoff, you got a ch- chance of the national championship. That makes sense. Thanks to Kelly Smith from the 84 national championship team. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, peeps. The show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and on BYUTV.org slash DVR. Throw stuff, Jerem. That's what you do. Ben, here you go. His name is Jerem. My name is Spencer. Shout out to Shane Shumway. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV at noon Eastern.